Welcome to the weekend and this edition of the Florida Roundtable on the Florida News Network. My name's Bill Mick. You can find me at BillMick.com. There you can drop me an email. You can pick up podcasts of previous Roundtable editions. So uh, whatever you like there, if you drop, drop me an email regarding what we've got on the show or suggestions for things you'd like to talk about down the road. Today, we're going to talk about cybersecurity, a concern in many ways. We're going to try to tackle several aspects from uh, threats to our governments, threats to our businesses and our homes, and maybe most importantly, our children. All of that ahead with Monique Miller and Dave Hart Jimenez, both in the cybersecurity and IT industry. They've been dealing with it for years. They're going to help us sort through it on this edition of the Florida Roundtable on the Florida News Network. We're back in just a moment. Florida truly is the sunshine state, and it shows in everything we grow. When you shop, choose fresh from Florida. Cause I made my mind up, you're going to be mine, I tell you right now. Fresh from Florida, there's sunshine in every bite. Florida law requires you to remain at the scene of a crash and to call for help. Leaving the scene is a felony offense that includes losing your license and possible jail time. After a crash, stay at the scene, call for assistance, and wait for first responders to arrive. If you have information on a hit-and-run crash, report it by calling Star FHP or anonymously to Crime Stoppers at Star Star 8477. A message from the Florida Department of Highway Safety and Motor Vehicles. Do you owe the the IRS $10,000 or more in back taxes? Are you being audited or investigated? Has the IRS sent you a letter demanding payment? You may not owe what they claim. Make this free call to the tax doctor now. Let them negotiate with the IRS on your behalf. 800-240-4587. 800-240-4587. That's 800-240-4587. If your king or queen sago palms have been invaded by Asian cycad scale, it's time to fight back with organic Summit Year-Round Spray Oil. It kills Asian cycad scale and other insect pests, but Summit Year-Round Spray Oil contains no chemical toxins. Insects don't build up a resistance to this horticultural oil, so it keeps working every time you spray. Summit Year-Round Spray Oil is available at fine garden centers and at summitresponsiblesolutions.com. Welcome back to the Florida Roundtable as we tackle cybersecurity, various aspects thereof this week. Uh, Monique Miller is with us. She's been an IT and cybersecurity uh, gal for... I was going to say, you're going to age me here, but yeah, it's go over, 25 over 25 years. years. So, we'll and we appreciate your time in here today, along with Monique, Dave Hart Jimenez, and uh, you're an executive cybersecurity consultant. Dave, define that for me real quickly. <laughs> Well, uh, thanks a lot, Bill. So uh, it's great to be here. So yeah, what that means basically is I've been around the industry just like Monique, uh, you know, for 20 plus years, uh, working with different companies uh, and employed by major vendors that deal with defense in depth. So there's different layers, as you know, to cybersecurity from the people all the way to the technology. So what I do is I help recommend 
design and implement uh, these type of different security solutions, whether it be for commercial, federal, and or uh, civilian use. It's an ever-changing world. It's got to keep you on your toes every day. It is. It is. And one of the biggest thing is, is that, you know, the bad guys, to use that that phrase, uh, really are, you know, constantly pushing pushing the buttons, whether it be a state agency all the way to your, you know, uh, up-and-comers, you know, 14, 15-year-olds just trying to create havoc. So part of what I do is, you know, try to stay up to date, not only on the official type things that, you know, people like to see in the commercial side, which is certifications, like one of the big ones that I have is a certified information system security professional. I know it's a mouth word, but it's a global organization that shares all these zero day attacks and threats. So you're pretty much on the cusp of everything that's happening. And you're basically trying to map, as you were saying, Bill, what you would do to prevent that or to advise people in the future if there's a new wrinkle that hasn't been seen before, what technologies are, are going to approximate that? So that's pretty much it in a nutshell. You're dealing with very innovative people all the time then. Always. Yeah, we're dealing with, you know, from your most, uh, you know, people locked in closet rooms developing code to, to hack all the way to your, you know, people that in the government, which, you know, CISA being one of the organizations that Monique and I have dealt with in the past, uh, you know, having different executive briefings at, you know, the public safety level from, you know, emergency 911, which Monique has worked with several organizations in the state of Florida for that matter, uh, you know, talking to them and really trying to figure out how do we collect the mindset of different industries uh, and different technologies to work for a common good. And, and that's part of the problem, right? Because at the end of the day, a lot of these companies want to make money off of that. But when you have threats to the state of Florida, specifically, you know, you've, you've seen, you know, circuit courts that have gotten hacked. St. John's River Water Management District got hacked back in December, and that, that covered Brevard County, Nassau, 20 different counties. Uh, and that was, you know, if we have time for it, I'll talk about it. It, it dealt with not just a hack per se, but a state-sponsored organization going after Israeli PLC chips, which are programmable logic circuit chips that control the water management purification of our state. So think about, it's no longer just personal or business. It's basically after certain specific threat vectors that impact the common citizen. And, and fortunately, we have all these great institutions, but you know, just to summarize what you said, you know, you have to take care of your, your home, right, uh, and, and defense perimeter, your cameras, your family, the institutions, so it builds together and we can work cross-functional governments within the state and across the country. Monique, you deal a lot interacting with various levels of government and helping them protect their assets, and I would guess that they are pretty much behind the curve. Oh, they're always behind the curve. So it's interesting, if you if you look at the two top technology people in an organization you typically have a chief information officer and they hate cha they hate change they like things right. to say the same all the time it's smooth has been okay i don't have to deal with it they, yeah exactly <laughs> oh, right if i know good. it works i don't want it to change uh -huh. on the other side you have the chief information security officer or who's CISO, panicking so right yeah. who's constantly <laughs> trying to implement change and so you have these two forces sort of working against each other in every single organization and the problem is that the hackers don't have anything impeding their, uh, you know, their interest in the next great technology that's going to take down whatever it is that they're after. And, and they do it for a multitude of reasons, as he's explained. And we're going to try to explore it all as much, as much as we can this weekend on the Florida Roundtable. Nice to have you with us on the Florida News Network. We'll pick it all up in moments right here where you find us every weekend.
David was in big trouble with the IRS. At first, I didn't owe that much, but after this year, it was out of control. Then David called Get a Tax Lawyer. Right away, they were like, oh yeah, looks like you're qualified to say it's Get a Tax Lawyer went to work. <laughs> Should have called way sooner. Get a Tax Lawyer has helped thousands like David fight the IRS and get a fresh start. Call 800-786-9014. That's 800-786-9014. If you own a vessel that has reached the end of its useful life and don't know how to get rid of it, we can assist you. The Florida Vessel Turn-In Program, or VTIP, accepts vessels that have been determined at risk of becoming derelict. If you have received a citation or warning from law enforcement for an at-risk vessel and are the title owner of the vessel, you may be eligible to have your vessel removed and disposed of at no cost to you. Don't wait until it's too late. For more information, go to FloridaVTIP.com. That's FloridaVTIP.com. Hello, I'm Hector Elizondo, Emmy Award-winning actor, and I want to talk to you about getting older. My body hurts, my joints ache, and sometimes I forget. I forget that doing all your own scenes for a movie isn't always the best decision. Especially when you're galloping side saddle down a countryside road on a horse named Archie Bello, who seems to have only one speed, high. And pulling on his reins only seems to encourage him to go even faster. So, of course, my body hurts and my joints ache, but it's not because of my age. It's because I'm living my life. Oh, Archie Bello! Don't let life pass you by. Take care of your brain health. It may just help you stay on top of your game. As soon as this scene wraps, I'm going to kiss the ground, thank Archibella for his outstanding performance, feed him a carrot, and visit brainhealth.gov. Find out how you can make the most of your brain as you age at brainhealth.gov. And we're back on the Florida Roundtable with us, Monique Miller and Dave Hart Jimenez, both IT and, and cybersecurity specialists working at various levels from private industry to government. We're going to talk about your homes as well. Um, let's jump into the, to the government into this for a minute. Dave, you mentioned a little earlier that there are several Florida entities that were attacked, uh, if not recently, but historically. And we've seen cities shut down, couldn't access their information unless they were paying off the hacker in Bitcoin or whatever they've done. What are the most common threats you see? What do these government entities need to be looking for and to defend against this type of attack? Yeah, that's a great question. It's, and it's, it's layered, right? Uh, there's, there's no silver bullet, whatever they say. As I mentioned before, this whole build, is, and Monique knows is inside and out, but the whole thing to this it's defense in depth, and I and I can't really express that enough, right? There's no one silver bullet solution that's going to do everything to prevent that. So a lot of it comes down to policy, which I'm going to lob over the fence to Monique because that's her area of expertise. But from a technology standpoint, you got to break it down into the different layers of technology, right? You have operational technology, which is, for example, water purification plants, treatment uh, plants, sewage treatment utilities they run specific software and hardware that's specific to their industry right it's not like grabbing a pc or a mac and loading your software this is custom tailored software and hardware devices that were made by manufacturers to control it now back in the day right not to date myself either but in the 80s these systems were very isolated as we know right common common stance has it there was security physical security there was check-in there was badges you know you had to sign in blood to get into these systems with the advent of sharing data 
which is the new, you know, think about it. It's, it's what they're after at the end of the day in some shape or form to control, right? To control or cause havoc. So what I'm trying to say is at the point you think about these systems, they were isolated. Now you have avenues and apertures, whether it be, I just need to download a report or export this information to another system to make it faster. For example, the utility bills you get every month, you know, you used to have the electrician come by or the electric, uh, electrical company guy come by and read your meter. Well, that's changed in a lot of cities, as you mentioned, Bill, where it's all automated now. So you have all these distribution points of data and what hackers are thinking about from state sponsored and from others, nefarious organizations looking for ransomware and malware, they're looking to collect that data and really use it as blackmail, as you said. And, and is it, is it where we take it down to the point where a policy is in place is we don't negotiate with terrorists, if you consider that to be a terroristic act, or is it a commercial financial aspect to say, lesson learned, let me pay it, and it won't happen again. Well, the reality is, you know, it will happen again and it will happen again worse. So Monique, I've talked a little bit about the technology side of it, and we can expand a little bit on how it affects the common consumer in, in, a, in the next segment. Mm -hmm. but, but tell me a little bit about what you think about the, because you've been in it and the happenstance, of the political aspect of this, right? The policies and the governance that you mentioned in the previous segment. Yeah, I mean, what we find, and I've helped a lot of uh, folks at the state level and, um, and in specific industries think about their policies, and what we run into is that usually states don't have, they're not well set up to have really a leader. What happens if you're in an emergency? Who's gonna take over the cybersecurity? Who's gonna direct the different, uh, the different entities within the organization or within the government? to certain standards. And so what's fallen out of that is that everybody has focused on what we call compliance. And, and compliance is a great thing because it's important to have standards and, and guidelines to follow through to think, did I think through all of the aspects of security? So there's an organization, a federal organization called NIST that has developed standards that a lot of folks follow. I think we follow those at the, uh, at the state level here in Florida. And, and that's great, but if you're focusing all of your attention on, on that, on being compliant with these standards, you're not really thinking through, what do I need to be secure? And, and as, as Dave said- So yeah, a, I'm worried about meeting the standard, but is it, is it as secure as it should be? It, exactly, and so we've kind of over-complianced all of the organizations yeah. to the point where they're not really even thinking about what they're trying to accomplish. So as governments try to act on this, are they building a bureaucracy that makes security less possible to have? Yes, and very expensive yes. to have, too. Yep. Wow. And what do you agree? It, it kills the nimbleness and the flexibility Correct. of the technologies that are in place or could be in place to adapt to those situations because you've got tons of red tape, tons of different, uh, you, know, you know, I was in the military myself, SOPs, Standard Operating Procedures, that haven't been dusted off for, for, for years. Would, would you agree to that? Yeah, absolutely. And if you think about it, there's a vast difference between to, trying to secure an office building where people are working on PCs all day and that's what they do and they have you know customer data or, or citizen data that they are trying to protect versus let's say you have a, a water plant like, like Dave can probably speak to later. These are, these are massive, um, there, there's massive infrastructure there that hasn't been updated in 15 or 20 years. And so now you're trying to remediate the cybersecurity of... Maybe of, the bad guys don't know DOS. <laughs> that, that is, that, that's your, basically your safest thing in the entire world is to go so far back that you can't, yeah, that you can't hack it. 
But um, but all of these organizations have these incredible infrastructures on the back end that we call you know critical infrastructure, and on the front end they've tended to modernize, right? So you'll have sensors that are what we call Internet yep. of Things, IoT sensors that are connected to the internet that are feeding those big old old that entities that used to be isolated. Mm -hmm. And so now you've really opened up Pandora's box. Well, are, and are these business places or these government offices, are they like our homes? We're seeing smart thermostats. We're seeing smart appliances, and they're, they're collecting data. And I'm assuming you have a choice as whether do you let that data leave your home, but your device is collecting it anyway. Uh, I guess you have to look at building protections for governments and for businesses in that way. Absolutely. They yeah. are, and that comes down to, Bill, that's a great point that you mentioned that is, again, when does government get involved? For example, you know, in the European Union has the GDPR, which is General Data Protection Regulation, which basically says, if I don't want you, you have to be specific down to the byte level of what information you're transferring in these devices. And if I don't want that being transferred, I can opt in or opt out. Now it's a pain in the ass because it's a lot of red tape, right? So these companies have gotten a little smarter to come up with umbrella contracts or end user agreements, which who's gonna bother to read that? So, you know, that, there's a, it's a double-edged sword because at the end of the day is, you know, a majority of these hacks, what's happened, you know, we, we've had, you know, the mother of all breaches the, uh, last week and Monique and I were talking about, which was basically 26 billion, billion, with a B, accounts were found on a nefarious hacker site that were just waiting there and it had personal information, personal, you know, uh, non-obfuscated, which means masked information about consumers, their address, how many kids they have, their usernames, again, their, their hashed passwords, which means it's masked. But a lot of these passwords, and we'll get into that in the, in the personal sector, are not long enough to make them complicated to be reverse engineered. My point being here is back to the GDPR, I want you to delete my data when I'm no longer your customer. That's something I'm a big proponent of because we're creating 26 billion accounts over 12 terabytes of data. That would fit three stadiums and nowadays with a file and cabinets. So put that into perspective and the reality of we're leaving these gems, these gold mines, you know, leprechaun looking for the gold pot at the end of the rainbow. That's what we're leaving behind because it's not a good marriage between technology trying to be the preventer, right, of, of stopping these guys, but there's always going to be the weakest link in the chain. So, Monique, what are your thoughts on, on basically how that applies to what you've seen in, in the policies that, that Bill was bringing up before? Yeah, so so what I've been driving toward is to get the industry themselves to get to come together. So if we're, I'll give you an example. I'm working with uh, with. Uh, the 911 systems right now, and we're about to launch the next generation 911, which is a massive uh, change in, in the systems. So people are going to be upgrading, and this is a great time for them to start thinking about cybersecurity. And, and the reality is you have four or five manufacturers in that industry that have vastly different ideas about what cybersecurity should be, and it's it high, highly neglected, really, to this point. We just saw in Dallas that uh, their 911 system was hacked a couple of months ago. And they couldn't even respond to 911 calls. It was devastating. We obviously don't want that to happen. So I'm actually hosting a symposium next month, bringing together all of the main manufacturers to talk about what should we be thinking about today? Can we agree on what the top sort of three to five priorities should be? And then going out and educating the user base. This is where you really should be spending your money. Well, you're dealing with folks who are in competition then, and they're going to have their own 
prioritized and, and proprietary things that they don't want to share with their competition, but they need to have some commonalities in how they protect these things. Am I reading that right? That's exactly correct. And and we are leveraging some government entities. So um, CISA has an uh, emergency communications division, and they're very much in, engaged in this, and, and they're helping to try and bring these together. So if we can identify some points on which we we can get to consensus, then we have the opportunity to, to leverage those federal agencies to go and tout hey, this is what we should be doing, and, and they can start helping end users build those things into their requirements documents when they start to make purchases. Monique, what, but one of the biggest things that you always bring up is, and this is critical, Bill, to understand here, is we're not just talking dollars and cents. We're talking people's lives mm -hmm. that are at risk, right? Seriously, for responders, EMTs, ambulances, hospitals, even you know the smaller things that we're talking about are common day-to-day. You know, when you when you have court systems that are shut down uh, because people can't go to court and they're getting fake emails saying, you know, your court date has been canceled. I mean, these are impacting people's daily lives. So I get the dollar and cents. It's big. It's why we get up in the morning. We and most of us work. But at the end of the day, when you have when you start messing with people's livelihoods and their ability to respond to that, that's the seriousness of what Monique is trying to convey in this message to, like you said, people who have their own schemes to, I need to make money, yes, but at what point, to your point, do we have these standards that have to be met by every single vendor to share and share alike? Now, that opens up a can of worms, but you nailed it right there. That's the biggest issue, Bill. Dave, just a, a minute or so left here. What's the biggest vulnerability that either a government office, a business place, or your home has when it comes to people accessing your information? What's the best step they can take, maybe an initial step, to protect their data? Okay, that's a great point. So the biggest thing I've noticed, and it sounds so commonplace, uh, is when you're logging on or subscribing to any type of service, and this is more on the home, home users, is we always use nine out of 10 people that I've interviewed in the past and come up with different security policies for or implementations. They use the same password for every single account mm -hmm. and Netflix and Hulu and their bank accounts and their utilities. And that commonality of, of weak passwords is kind of something that it's a double edged sword. I don't want to remember a long complex password because I won't do it, but there's software out there. For example, there's companies that dedicate themselves. There's free versions and there's not. They're called password managers, Bill. And they can basically create a password or a vault password for you, encrypt that, and next time your password has to change, the software itself will notify you, you confirm it, and it creates long-established hashes or encryptions of their password. And we'll explore it, it more on the Florida Roundtable as yeah. we continue. Florida law requires you to remain at the scene of a crash and to call for help. Leaving the scene is a felony offense that includes losing your license and possible jail time. After a crash, stay at the scene, call for assistance, and wait for first responders to arrive. If you have information on a hit and run crash, report it by calling Star FHP or anonymously to Crime Stoppers at Star Star 8477. A message from the Florida Department of Highway Safety and Motor Vehicles. Life can be full of risks. One thing you shouldn't take a risk with ever is your family's health insurance. If you're self-employed or you now need affordable health insurance, you need to make this free call right now and see how the health insurance helpline can help you get it. 800-398-0651. 
That's 800-398-0651. Hi, I'm Johnny Erickson Tata. Growing up with a brother with autism, Sarah Crump witnessed firsthand how kids with disabilities felt left out by their peers. It's why at the age of 15, Sarah approached her cheerleading coach with an idea to include girls with disabilities on her school's cheer team. Well, what started out as an inclusive high school cheer team in a small town in Iowa has led to what is now known as Sparkle Effect, a thriving nonprofit with over 180 cheer teams across the United States, bringing students with and without disabilities together through cheerleading. The result? More confidence, higher grades, and better school attendance for kids with disabilities. And for those without a disability, new friends and a greater empathy. You want to learn more? Well, visit disabilitycampaign.org, where we have posted a link to the fabulous work known as the Sparkle Effect. We're here early before they wake up. We stay late, we stay informed, we invest in the latest technology. We take the time to train the next generation of doctors and nurses. We work together to make sure we heal their bodies and their minds. We do this not because it's our job, but because this is about our veterans' lives. This is our mission. More than 300,000 of us working as one, together with families and loved ones. No matter where they live in this country, we'll be there. We all come together and stand together to serve our veterans. We stand strong, united. Stand with us in caring for our veterans. Imagine. Imagine being denied an apartment because of your religion, or your race, or because you have children, or a disability. It's so wrong. Yes, but who has the power to stop this? You do. Each of us has the power. The law is on your side. It's illegal for landlords to discriminate because of race, color, religion, sex, national origin, disability, or familial status. If you suspect that you have experienced housing discrimination, file a complaint with HUD immediately so we can investigate it. Fair housing is your right. Use it. To learn more, visit HUD.gov slash fair housing. That's HUD.gov slash fair housing. Or call 1-800-669-9777. 1-800-669-9777. A public service message from HUD in partnership with the National Fair Housing Alliance. Cybersecurity, our focus on the Florida Roundtable this week. With us, Dave Hart Jimenez, an executive cybersecurity consultant, and Monique Miller, someone who's been in IT and cybersecurity for 25 years, more or less. We won't. She'll tell us which it is. It doesn't really matter. Anyway, let, last <laughs> week, there was a hearing in, in Washington, D.C., and uh, CISA was speaking with um, senators and uh, congressmen, yep. both. Uh, and what was the focus there, and, and what's the focus in Washington, D.C., as far as this cybersecurity issue goes? So I'll, I should probably explain what CISA stands for. It's a good it is idea. the Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Security Agency, and it is a, part, a, depart, a division of Department of Homeland Security. 
and um, they definitely came out and shared some inf interesting information about what we should expect, but I don't think we heard anything new for those of us that are in the industry. I mean, would you agree with that, Dave? Uh, uh, totally, yeah, and, and the FBI director, you know, basically just harped on the subject we've been talking about, which are power grids and water treatment plants, but go ahead, you're right on, Monique. Yeah, I mean, you, you brought up a great example of that earlier that we've experienced right here in Florida, and, and I think it's an excellent um, example of what they're talking about and what the impact of something like that could be. For sure, and, 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 and to, be, to be specific what I'm referring to, uh, it, it's St. John's Water Management District. Now they have the overview and the oversight of over 20 counties in Florida about water purification, uh, the whole aspect of, you know, uh, recommending technologies and operational input, input to these specific counties. And these counties, interestingly enough, use a specific Israeli chip uh, and it's basically uh, called uh, Unitronics Visions Series Programmable Logic Controllers. A long word to say it's the CPU, it's the brain, it's the processor for a lot of the technologies I talked about before that are supposed to be proprietary and linked to, they're not your common DOS and Windows. These are specific technologies. Now, the agency that hacked them, apparently, and, and it's over 20 different sites, um, basically are they call themselves the C3 Avengers, which if you do a little bit of research around that, they are a Iranian uh, sponsored cyber uh, attack or terrorist group. Uh, and they are basically focusing on Israeli technologies dealing, anybody who has it, it's on their list, they said, I don't care what country you are. So think about that in the aspect, Monique, of why to us, it's not even new. We've known these state-sponsored attacks are happening, and they're going to keep happening. But why now, Monique? Why does it become a big thing on, on you know, in the Senate or Congress or, you know, the state hearing that it's all of a sudden we mention it now? Is it politics? Is it something that we've all known, but is it to, to cause havoc and, and panic in the, in the general population to say, oh, my God, the sky is falling? That's I'm going to throw that back in your court because that's a loaded question. But it, it has <laughs> the cynic in me. About. Yeah, the cynic in me says it's budgeting season. But um, <laughs> <laughs> so that should help you. That's right. But it's important. And it is true because I think most people don't understand these things. Frankly, they don't. They don't understand these things until they happen. And um, what what I think they've opened up here is is the need for us to understand what infrastructure do we have out there? You just brought up one of the most important, I think, um, topics that has that has surfaced because of a number of breaches. We had a big one at the federal uh, government a couple of years ago that for the first time we needed to really understand supply chains. So not just that you have a, a, a computer and that you have software running on it. Now you really need to understand just like you do with our drugs and our food. You need to understand all of the components that make up that hardware and make up that software so that when there's something that happens that you know that Israeli chips are under attack, 
that you can immediately identify every vulnerability in the country because you know exactly who has those and what machines have that. Interesting you bring up supply chains because last week with uh, Ag Commissioner Wilton Simpson on the show, he was talking about protecting supply chains as part of what they do. Imagine if your grocery store ran out of food next week and it was going to be a week and a half before it was resupplied. It it would be havoc, period. Absolutely, it is. And and that brings up the biggest point of all, and I think um, that, you know, Dave and I have always told no matter what kind of entity it is, you can't protect in you can't protect anything if you don't know you have it. And the first thing that you have to do is understand what you even have in your environment. And most people haven't even taken that most basic step. And so we start to do things like impose legislation that applies to everybody. And going back to the very basics, we, we really don't even know what we're applying it to because we don't know what's out there. And we haven't identified and prioritized those vulnerabilities, certainly not at the state level. I mean, that's a that's a massive undertaking. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that, you know, we had a we had a great guy, Jamie Grant, who um, came in as CIO and was trying to do some of those things. Unfortunately, he's not at the state anymore, but he started some programs where we were bringing together both industry people and experts um, on a panel to look at exactly that. What do we have? What is critical infrastructure? What does it look like today? And where are those vulnerabilities and what does it take to remediate them? Dave, you mentioned when you were talking about the water district having been hacked in over 20 sites that it occurred. I would assume that means somebody got into one and then through their network of their system got into the others. What's the primary way that these happen? Is is it somebody clicking on a link in an email that they didn't look at? Is is it information being transmitted from an outside vendor or from someone else to, to someone in your organization? And what do they do to protect at that level? Yeah, it's, it's all of the above you mentioned, right? I'm going to look for the weakest link, whether it's social engineering, right? I target a specific person. I, I understand them within that organization. I, you know, I bribe, I borrow, I steal. I figure out how to make that person's life better, like in the, the spy movies. But the reality is, no, I use technology uh, in the sense of do I go at it at the strongest vector, which is a brute force attack, trying to attack their networks and figure out the weaker holes. I try the different angles. So it's just like in a war, right? You're gonna basically send out, you know, decoys and buoys trying to ping and figure out where they're where they're most susceptible. So pragmatically put, Bill, in this type of attack, yes, it was okay. So I know that these entities have this specific chip and because I've intercepted information possibly through a partner that's not as secure with the information as the manufacturer. And I went to the liability of the supply chain, the third party, to find a, a piggyback to get into their network. And once I'm in their network, I fall asleep, right? I put bots, which are basically, think of them just as when you're speaking to chat, chat GPT, with, the, with intelligence behind it. They act on certain different criteria that triggers them. So they wait for a certain amount of information certain criteria to match, then they activate themselves, and then they spread amongst the different systems. Now, how can you prevent that? Well, it's that defense in depth, right? You have good hygiene in terms of what partners I work with, what is their standards, what is their criteria, the technologies that we're combining together, as Monique was mentioning before, we have to come to an agreement of what type of encryption you're using. Are you encrypting the data you have at rest, which means as Am I just storing this into a big data lake vacuum and anybody can come in and see what they want? No, it's got to be segmented. There is time, procedures, 
people, technology that have to work in, in, in unison. Because the technology angle, I'm gonna be honest with you, technology does exist, but it all comes down to who's willing to spend on something that is not gonna be a money maker. Back to your CISO and, and all your other conversations before. This is not revenue generating. I'm buying insurance. I'm buying technology insurance. Nobody wants to buy insurance. Nobody does. But the reality is it's a, it's, it's a pragmatic conversation to say, yeah, you don't want to have that, but one of these events can wipe you off the map. So Monique, based on what we've talked about in the past, what are your thoughts on, on terms of, of that happening? Because I, I go back to, you know, again, I had to, I watched it three or four times, Christopher Ray when he told the, the thing about Congress, uh, about China targeting these power grids, what are your thoughts based on what I just said in terms of preventing that from a from a diplomatic, if, if it's even possible, standpoint, or or even compliance or governance, uh, as you were mentioning before, because a lot of these things are checkboxes amongst organizations, but who's auditing that? Who's making sure? What entities are actually looking at that to prevent the, the weakest link that I've been mentioning in terms of Bill's question? Well, the reality is when, when we went into cybersecurity and started to learn about the vulnerabilities, I think all of us um, have slept a lot less. <laughs> so, you know, I believe that. I, I mean, that's the reality is we know that this is not something that can be overhauled tomorrow. I mean, we have technology out there that, that has, like, let's talk about trains, right? The encryption that's used to send a message to move the tracks of a, of a train. That's all sent by encrypted communications. Well, those are 15 or 20 years old because that's when they were put in. Now we, we yeah, how, how are we going to retrofit that to make sure they're secure? There was a huge article about that vul very vulnerability that that has been, that encryption has been hacked. How hard is that to fix? Or how hard is that to get into now that everybody knows it's there? The reality is that CISA did the best thing they could, which is you got to raise awareness. People have to understand how dangerous this is and have to have the will to fix it and, and make the investments both at the government level and at the businesses. Uh, businesses have to do it for themselves. But Monique, as well. on that point, though, talk talk a little bit about, you know, the advent of the technology. I don't want to get too Star Trek. Well, on let, let me take a pause here and we're going to okay. come back and address that. <laughs> because it's deeper than you can imagine. And, and there are other questions to deal with as well. Cybersecurity, complex world, and very important today on the round table. How would you like to get high speed internet for your home for less than $2 a day? That's right. For about 50 bucks a month, you'll get lightning fast internet. Are you paying less than 50 bucks a month right now for your internet? Then call Whole Home Connect right now for blazing fast internet at 50 bucks a month with no price increases, no hidden fees, no contracts, no upfront costs, no equipment fees. It's a great deal. And guess what? You can try it for 15 days. If you don't like it, you get your money back, but you're going to love it and you're going to love the price. Internet for your home for 50 bucks a month. That's less than two bucks a day. Plus, no contracts, no upfront costs, no equipment fees, and our 15 day guarantee. Call now 800 897 5406. 800 897 5406. 800 897 5406. That's 800 897 5406. 
Olympics. When was the last time you had a truly awesome nursery experience? A nursery and garden center with a huge selection and friendly expert advice. We're talking about Quality Green specialists in Deland. At Quality Green, we have your favorite plants, fruit trees, flowers, vegetables, and herbs. Plus, with our 8011 fertilizer, organic azomite, and composted soil, your garden will look its very best. Great plants, sustainable products, friendly expert advice. 335 West Michigan Avenue, Deland, and online at Quality Green specialist.com looking for cheap flights or cheap tickets call the low-cost airline travel hotline now for prices so low we can't publish them anywhere we'll even save you money with cheap travel deals on hotels rental cars even complete travel packages call us first for the absolute cheapest prices on u.s and international airline tickets and hotels 802-341-4542 802-341-4542 that's 802-341-4542 Just a little time left on the Florida Roundtables. We talk cybersecurity and various aspects, government, business, your home coming up. At least we hope so. Uh, Monique Miller with us, as is David Hart Jimenez, who uh, is executive cybersecurity consultant. Monique's been in the cybersecurity and IT business for a while. Uh, Monique, you deal with governments, various states, various counties. I've got to ask you, I'm not sure lawmakers are well-educated on this issue to be able to make decisions that actually protect their state or county entities. And it's got to be a tough job informing them. How difficult is that, and, and what do they need to learn and know? Wait, you don't think lawyers are good for cybersecurity? Lawmakers. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> Lawyer, lawyers, too, though, yeah. No, but that's half the legislature. I mean, the reality is that there are, A, very few, uh, there are very few lobbyists who can really grasp and communicate this. There's obviously some specialists that handle technology lobbying. Um, we actually, my, my, my company, I work for a boutique firm out of the D.C. area, and we work with a large lobbyist um, that does nothing but cybersecurity. So they are very informed on that. And it takes a great deal of education because um, I don't think like Baltimore got hit by a massive attack a few years ago and it resulted in the mayor having to step down from his job. And it's that kind of personal hit that that it takes for them to be awake enough to realize, hey, we really need to make this investment. It has to happen. As you talk to these various lawmaking entities, are you find them finding them receptive to the information? They are. Absolutely. People are finally starting to wake up and understand that this could be a massive impact and not just on money, but on life. And so it is it is uh, it's finally turning around and people are starting to make the investments in the time we've got remaining today. I, I want to take a look at Florida House Bill one, which is designed to try and protect children under 16 from the things in social media that are caused. And they're citing increased rates of suicide, kids getting involved in drugs or other nefarious activities um, and, and being negatively influenced and basically addicted to social media with the tactics these large social platforms use to keep them online or on that platform long term. And they're, they're trying to say no, uh, no accounts for people under 16, basically stepping into a parental role here. Uh, at least that would be my uh, uh, look at this. Mm-hmm. Well, how do you how do you view what the state of Florida is looking at it, and what can a state do in trying to help families protect themselves? So I, I think the first thing to understand is, and and I think we can all agree that this is just one facet of what's happening to this generation, the first one that grew up with a phone in their hands and access to social media. So uh, 
there's a there's a wonderful guy who's been researching this. He's a PhD social psychologist named John Height, and he is uh, he he's in NYU. And he's done a couple of books. One is The Coddling of the American Mind, and it talks about how kids' childhoods have changed and how technology has um, impacted it. And then he has another one coming out now called The Anxious Generation. And he really digs deep into the research to demonstrate that the social media has had a profound and very negative impact, especially on girls um, between, you know, between the ages of sort of 11 and and 16 and so there's a very good reason for us to want to do this um how you do that is there a practical way to make it happen david what do you see on the technical side on that front yeah the tools. yeah it's a it's a burgeoning field uh bill i mean i'm going back five years none of the companies i'm about to mention even existed from a technology standpoint it, it's come a long way leaps and bounds but again, a tool is a tool is a tool, right? It starts at the, the family unit, whatever that might be, because I can recommend tools. I mean, there's three, I live in Pinellas County, Bill, by the way, and I've helped probably about five, six neighbors uh, with the technology piece of this, of, of what I'm gonna recommend in terms of monitoring, filtering, controlling the data that goes into the devices, whether they be mobile devices and or PCs and Macs, and there's a technology called geofencing. It can basically tell you where your kids at are all times based on GPS locations and coordinates. Now, I tell them, I am not your big brother. I will not be that put in the position to speak to your kids about it. They probably know more than all of us together about That's true. <laughs> and, side, and side steps to, to bypass that. But you have to have these conversations at that unit because the reason you're going to be monitoring and limiting based on their ages and their influence and, and spheres you want them to be involved in is not to be caustic or, or uh, pro prohibitive. It's basically acting as a guardian angel of sorts to help to figure out how you can influence positive morals and values on their life based on whatever your credence and upbringing is. Now, with that said, there's two products, one that's more uh, uh, social media uh, focused and tailored. It's called bark.us. I don't work for them. I don't get any money from them, but they do a bang job of basically installing a program on your cell phones and on your computers at home. So the parents can basically monitor, filter, set times when the internet is allowed and when it's not, and help them figure out what are help, what they consider as a family unit, healthy awesome. sites and others that are not. The other one that we'll I We'll talk I, about I, the other one when we continue in just moments. Thank you. On the Florida Roundtable. Stay with us on the Florida News Network. Moms, we all wish there were two more of us just to get through the day. Preparing lunches, snacks, dinners. We've all got a lot on our plates. That's where Fresh from Florida comes in. They have hundreds of recipes that make mealtime quick, easy, and healthy. And shopping for locally grown produce is a snap. Just look for the Fresh from Florida logo. When it's almost dinner time and you have to be three places at once, go to the one place that counts, freshfromflorida.com. There's sunshine in every bite. Whether taking on large commercial landscapes or your own backyard, let Steel help with your pursuit of the perfect cut. Introducing Steel zero-turn mowers for homeowners and pros with a wide range of features and options like our advanced four-wheel suspension system and 0% financing available. It's time to let the pursuit begin. Real Steel. Find yours at steelusa.com slash zero turn. 
Available at select dealers. Financing available on qualifying purchases and subject to credit approval. See dealer for details. Do you owe the IRS $10,000 or more in back taxes? Are you being audited or investigated? Has the IRS sent you a letter demanding payment? You may not owe what they claim. Make this free call to the tax doctor now. Let them negotiate with the IRS on your behalf. 800-240-4587. 800-240-4587. That's 800-240-4587. Oh my gosh, you guys. This season's hottest accessory hit shelves decades ago and has been flying off them ever since. It's functional, it's attractive, and it's the smart choice. Life jackets. Seen here on the model, life jackets complement any figure and bring a certain je ne sais quoi to the waters. The Florida Fish and Wildlife Conservation Commission wants to remind you to wear your life jacket anytime you're out on the water. Visit wearitflorida.com. Wear it, Florida. Shortness of breath, patients confused. Temp 102. He just had an infection. What's going on? He's becoming septic. Antibiotics started. Bed ready, let's move him. Infections can lead to a deadly chain reaction in your body called sepsis. Very quickly, sepsis can cause tissue damage, organ failure, and even death. If you know the risks, can spot the symptoms, and act fast, then you can get ahead of sepsis. Learn more at cdc.gov sepsis. My muscles ached. I was tired all the time. My son had a full-blown asthma attack. It came out of nowhere. The unsettling thing about some symptoms is... I had a fever and these terrible headaches. You don't always know what's causing them. It was Lyme disease from a tick bite. I had Zika virus from a mosquito. He had a reaction to cockroach allergens. Threats to your health can come from unexpected places. Get the facts. Visit PestWorld.org. A public service message from the National Pest Management Association. Closing up this edition of the Florida Roundtable, Dave Hardiman is with us and Monique Miller, both IT and cybersecurity uh, experts and helping us get through the wherewithal. And, and right now, focused on how are we protecting our kids? David, you gave us one tool that was there yep. and available. It worked re- really well. What's the other tool you were talking about? The second one, I, I really love the name. I mean, it's just very appropriate. It's called Net Nanny. <laughs> okay, that works. So, Net, Net Nanny has, has been around for a while, and it's really simple to set up. It creates the ability to block certain apps. So even if you wanted to get to Facebook or whatever, you know, Twitter or certain nefarious sites or apps, it wouldn't allow you to even to download that on your phone without either allowing the parents to be notified or prohibiting. So again, uh, these, these technologies, uh, Bill and Monique knows this, are, are really great in the sense that the technology does exist. But it could be caustic. It could really cause more damage if you don't sit down as a unit and discuss why I'm, as a parent or as a technologist, I'm putting this in place. Because the worst thing you can do is give somebody a big brother aspect to, to your life at certain ages and certain education and certain, certain societal situations without talking about it. So, Monique, lobbing it over to you to, to, to add color commentary on Let me just get something in real quickly. Would it be wise then for a legislature like Florida is considering to say, if you're going to operate your app or, or your, your social media platform in this state, mm-hmm. you need to have this available for the parents? 
along with it. Yeah, that's definitely an option. I mean, I think any option that gives control to the parents to manage whether or not their kids get on the site is important because there was a really good uh, documentary that came out in 2020 called The Social Dilemma, and it really opened people's eyes to what happens on social sites, right? It does become addictive, and when you have a developing mind, a young child, it really does impact them and it has lasting effects. There's 57% of girls are experiencing persistent sadness reported by the CDC in 2023. This is not normal. We have a no, whole no. generation of kids that are messed up and a lot of it is attributed to this. It's not only this, they also need to go out and play and learn how to be kids again. But How to socialize with each other in person, absolutely. right? Absolutely. Pandemic and, didn't yeah. help with that either for a, a couple of years. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, some of the best research you can find is um, on, it's a, it's a substack called After Babel and uh, Jonathan Haidt is the guy who's behind it and it's fantastic information. Do you anticipate eager participation, I guess, with uh, these government entities as they deal with this? They're starting to see the seriousness of it, I would think. Yeah, I mean, I suspect that the social media companies are going to want to bypass this because they're not going to want 50 50 states regulating how they operate across the entire country. So Mm -hmm. they're going to want to have to step up and, and deal with Congress to figure out how to do this. Um, if they don't do it themselves, then we will have to intervene congressionally. Dave, um, do you see the platforms being amenable to this then and, and, and taking that role? I, I actually do. And, and why? Because it's it's another source for them to, to sell or push their product. And, and, and again, I don't mean that in a capitalist sense. I mean it in the sense of educating the public, right, Monique? Because the reality is, you know, you look at any study, cybernews.com, they're only 34% of Americans are using what I talked about at the beginning of your segment, password manager, simple things that are a dollar a year to help safeguard themselves. So to your question, Bill, a lot of people don't know about these technologies. They even exist. So we need to educate, and at least as a social service, cyber hygiene per se, or cyber morality, as I like to call it, give people the information and maybe we can bring you guys back to to further solidify this but thank you both for this hour this week and uh we're informed now we just got to take action on it thanks for joining us this week on the florida roundtable from the florida news network enjoy the rest of your weekend and we'll see you next week You've been listening to the Florida Roundtable with Bill May on news and public affairs presentation of the Florida News Network. The views and opinions expressed during this program are those of the participants and do not necessarily reflect the views of this station management, owners, or sponsors. For questions or concerns, contact Florida Roundtable at fnnonline.net.